AM850 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment in creation with Pastor Warren Worth of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Arnold. Hi, Pastor Worth. Hi, Gary. So our conversation today, if I understand correctly, is about an epic flood. Is that what you have on the top of your mind for today? What's on my mind today is a YouTube video that my son directed me to. The title is The Unbelievable Story of Earth's Most Epic Flood. Now, if you were hearing about Earth's most epic flood, what would you be thinking about? Noah and the the flood. There you go. The flood that's described in Genesis chapter 6 through 9, the flood of Noah's day. But is that what they're talking about here? No, they're not. This is a PBS uh, YouTube uh, short thing. It's about 15 minutes long. Our readers can look it up. The unbelievable story of Earth's most epic flood. And what is it about? Well, it's about uh, catastrophic draining of glacial Lake Missoula in Montana, and they say 15,000 years ago during the Ice Age. So they explain how during the Ice Age you had this great sheet of ice that came down over North America, over Canada, extending down into the United States, or what is today the United States, and there was a finger of the ice sheet that came down through Idaho and Montana, and this ice sheet was like 2,000 thousand feet deep and it made uh, a block uh, an ice dam to dam up a river and so forth and then the water backed up behind it and then uh, all at once it let go catastrophically and let uh, the, the, the lake was about the size of Rhode Island and all this water which they say is more than all the water in Lake Ontario and Lake Erie suddenly was released and over a couple of days it carved out canyons and stuff. It was just amazing. They show you all the landscape today that is today called um, the Channel Scablands uh, there in Montana and then also in uh, eastern Washington State and so forth. And, and they show the evidence of this flood that took place. In fact, they would say multiple times this happened in that area, that the glaciers, after they melted, they retreated, and then they would uh, reform and cause a dam again. And so there's evidence of this happening over and over again on the on the hillsides. You can see where shorelines had happened over long periods of time. And so they say, wow, we have this evidence. You wouldn't believe it. In fact, geologists didn't believe it. Scientists refused to believe that this happened uh, when a man back in the 1920s, a geologist by the name of J. Harder Bretz, uh, Harler Bretz came up with this idea that it, it happened catastrophically rather than over long periods of time gradually. Uh, they Nobody believed him. Everybody thought that's impossible because at that time they believed all these uh, structures that you would see around the world, canyons and so forth, badlands, had to form gradually by the forces that we see at work today. So wind and water and weather gradually over long periods of time was the only accepted way that these things could form. That's called uniformitarianism. But now, all of a sudden, they have come to a different conclusion. They are willing to believe catastrophism is another way to explain some of these things. In fact, they think it's the best way to explain some of these things. And so this particular uh, story about uh, the, the Lake Missoula suddenly and catastrophically uh, having a dam burst and all this water 
water coming through. They think that's the best explanation. And I find this very, very interesting that they'll now accept catastrophism as a way to explain things. For example... Uh, these flood-like features uh, up in Montana and so forth, but also they would accept uh, the possibility of asteroids colliding with the Earth and killing off all the dinosaurs. That would be another example of catastrophism instead of uniformitarianism. And then they also uh, would uh, talk about how they believe uh, the moon was formed on uh, the Earth's moon was formed, and they believe that was catastrophic rather than rather than gradual too. In fact, in the course of this um, YouTube video, they even mention American Indian religion and American Indian explanations of creation and their flood stories. And they treat those respectfully. But guess what does not get mentioned? Christianity in the Bible. Yeah, right. No mention of Noah's flood. In fact, it's interesting to me that they show a picture of Grand Canyon and use that as an example of something that is formed over millions and billions of years of gradualism when it's like, wait a minute, if you can see that in this example of Missoula, that it was something that happened by a catastrophic release of a large amount of water over a small amount of time, could you maybe revise your idea of how the Grand Canyon was formed? I guess, especially in light of the fact that in our lifetime, there have been catastrophic things, such as after Mount St. Helens, uh, there was a catastrophic release of a lot of water and mud that formed a 140th scale model of the Grand Canyon up near Mount St. Helens. And the similar things have happened in other places on Earth, including in Iceland. And so you can read about these things at answersingenesis.org, at creation.com. They have articles and videos also about how these more recent examples, Mount St. Helens and in Iceland, these most recent examples of things where a large amount of water in a short amount of time uh, carves out canyons and so forth that illustrate the fact that uh, the Grand Canyon and other things are better understood in light of the global flood of the days of Noah. So as amazing as this flood is that they're talking about in this video, it's... uh, only a fraction of the amount of water uh, that was on Earth in the flood of Noah's day. So if you can imagine the dramatic features that could be carved out with all the water that God put on the Earth during the flood of Noah's day, and as that was draining away, how that would reshape the surface of the Earth, I think that's an important thing for our listeners to to think about. And so they might be interested in seeing this. So you can go to uh, youtube.com. and type in the search feature, The Unbelievable Story of Earth's Most Epic Flood. And so while they talk about the most epic flood that they know about in all of the history of the world, this, this one up in Missoula, Montana, you, know, you and I know there's an even more epic flood that we're told about in God's Word, the Bible. Right. And for us as Christians, more than just the geology, we know that the story of Noah's flood has to do with God's dealing with human beings in their sin, and God dealing both in judgment and in grace. You know, the fact that God in his judgment wiped out uh, every living thing uh, that breathes air during that time, except Noah and his family and the animals that he took on the ark, that shows God's strict judgment, but it also shows God's grace that Noah and his family were preserved, and that God did allow them to repopulate the earth after the end of the flood. That's quite an illustration of God's grace. And, you know, the New Testament talks about this, too. Jesus talks about uh, how in the days of Noah, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage right up until the day Noah entered the ark. 
And he uses that as an illustration for Christians to be ready for when the end of the world will come, that when Jesus comes again in judgment on the last day, we should be found ready and waiting, repenting of our sins and believing in Jesus as our Savior. Likewise, uh, Peter, uh, in his uh, epistle, writes about the fact that, you know, God's waited patiently in the days of Noah and uh, wound up destroying those who were unbelieving. And then he points to the ark and, and what God did preserving Noah during the flood as an illustration of baptism, how baptism saves us. And baptism saves us because, you know, it's, it's not our act, our doing, but it's what God does for us. So to say that baptism saves us is the same as saying Jesus saves us, because Jesus is the one who is active in baptism, washing away our sins and saving us. The one who died on the cross and rose again is the one who in baptism applies to us the benefits of his death and resurrection so that we can be washed clean from our sins, and and the catastrophe of the last judgment will not befall us because Jesus took that catastrophe for us when he died on the cross in our stead. So we as Christians believe what the Bible tells us about Noah and what God did during the days of Noah as saving him from that terrible flood, and we realize that our Savior Jesus is able to save us from sin, death, and hell and give us eternal life as he promised. Would you like to lead us in prayer as we wrap up this segment? I would be happy to do so. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, according to your strict judgment, you condemned the unbelieving world through the flood. Yet according to your great mercy, you preserved believing Noah and his family, eight souls in all. We ask, O Lord, that you would work in our hearts as you promised to do in the waters of holy baptism that we, being uh, made new by the power of your Holy Spirit, believing in Jesus as our Savior, may be separated from the unbelieving uh, people of this world and be set apart to be your believing people, looking forward to all that you promise us through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Pastor Worth, for being on the program today. It is my pleasure. We are listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news.